If you take a look at sales, it takes balls to close a deal. It takes balls to be in sales. It takes balls to deal with other people. A lot of people don't have the skills, the talents, the capabilities, and they never will. Sometimes people don't realize it and they find the skills and they become closers. It takes balls to sell. So how do you match up? Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. And the truth is, your success in closing sales depends on your skills, your abilities, and finding the right training. And the great news is, you have come to the right place here at The How to Sell Show with your hosts, Dale Bell and Scott Sylvanbell. And be sure to join the party at howtosell.live and download your copy of The 10 Common Mistakes Salespeople Make. Aloha from Sacramento, California today. Today's an amazing day. Going to have a good, good episode. Title of today's episode, It Takes Balls to Sell. So a couple months back, I'm out in New York City, and I'm staying in Manhattan. And on a Sunday afternoon, I walked down to, to Wall Street, which was quite a distance from my hotel. I think I walked like 17 miles that day. And I, I saw the, the charging bull and I figured, you know, it'd be really cool is if I shot some videos here on how it takes balls to sell. And so I put together, I think, 21, 22 videos of it takes balls to sell. So some of that content I'm going to share with you. So if you see my YouTube videos, some of it's going to be a repeat. Some of it may not be. And there is a lot that goes into sales and being in sales and being around sales that the average person just gives up on. And the first thing on this list would be being on commissions and starting at zero every month. You know, there's people who freak out. They're like, I've got to make my 20, 25, 30, 45, 50 bucks an hour. There's no way in the world that I could live on commissions. And you salespeople who've been in the game for a while, they look and they're like, how could you not live on commissions? You know, I make way more than that. Well, just because it's amount of risk. And there's plenty of people out there that are scared of risk. Their, their fear is... What if I don't succeed? What if it, if it's not going to work? What if it's not going to, to allow me to cover my bills? And so part of this really comes down to your ability to have confidence in yourself. So being on commission is all about having confidence and all about having the belief in yourself that you've got the skills. And there's days where you lose deals. There's days where people cancel. There's days where deals get rolled back. There's days where things happen in the economy and you question yourself, but hands down, it takes a lot of confidence to live in a world of sales and beyond commissions. There's plenty of people that I know that they make three, four, five, six hundred thousand dollars a year in industries that you couldn't even imagine. You sometimes they sit down, and they talk with people, and they're like, "Yeah, I made half a million last year," and they're like, "You made half a million? I'm in the wrong job." Well, you know, you could be in sales. No, 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 wouldn't be in sales. <laughs> but you could make half a million. Nope, wouldn't do it. And they're they're scared of it. Number two on this list, learning how to sell over time. You know, there's ups and downs. There's ins and outs. There's things that I acquire on a daily basis. It's just so you know, when I put up a YouTube video, part of that is for me to say, hey, how can I say this another way? How can I teach it another way? How could I learn more content? And as of today, I've got 2,500 YouTube videos on the Scott Bell Consultant channel. And what it comes down to is for me is that that's, that's practice. I got to practice and I got proof that I've practiced in front of a video. 
a video camera or a cell phone running video over 2,500 times. And that allows me to say, hey, look, I'm very comfortable. And for you, you're going to have different things that you need to practice on. It could be the intro. It could be the rapport. It could be asking questions in the discovery phase. It could be giving the presentation. It could be asking for the business. It could be overcoming objections. It could be learning how to read body language, vocal pitch and tone. You know, there's you, you do learn over time. It's not all automatic. You know, I started sales in 2002. There's been a lot of things that I've learned. And there's been things that I've been proven wrong in. There's things that I look back and I'm like, that was a crazy belief. I don't know why I thought that cost me a whole bunch of money. Sometimes you got to get rid of the beliefs that do cost you money and adopt the ones that give you the money. Perfecting your presentation over time takes time, energy, and effort. And most people give up. Number three on the list, dealing with difficult buyers. What I find interesting is sometimes it's the objections that scare people. And sometimes it's dealing with difficult people. And I interviewed pretty close to 400 people, maybe a little bit more than 400 people over the course of three or four years for jobs. And of those 375-ish, 400-something people, only two of them came in and said, I'm good with difficult people. And they were. And the cool thing about them is they were able to take money off the table for people who were not. And in the world of sales, there's like eight different types of buyers out there, nine different types of buyers. And for every one of those types of buyers that you could learn how to sell to, you acquire the skills, the talents, the capabilities of closing 5% more deals in a year, 10% more deals in a year, 20% more deals in a year, 30. It just really depends upon where you're at and, and how you use what you've learned. Difficult buyers could give you to number four, which is dealing with objections. People are like, I don't know how to deal with objections. It's difficult. And just like anything else, it's a, it's a learned trait. It's things that you're able to do over time. Nobody expects you to be perfect at it immediately. But what's really weird is when you talk to somebody and you're like, hey, I'm in sales, they automatically assume that you ha should have that skill and you should be perfect right out the gate. Like Nobody says, hey, I just went to martial arts school and I just bought a gi, but guess what? I'm a black belt. They look at you and you're freaking out of your mind. No, on average, it takes between five and seven years for someone to become a black belt. Come on, you got to be kidding. You know, Taekwondo on average takes four to five. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu could take anywhere from seven to 10. Nope, 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 nope. And it's one of those things where people say, like, I'm scared of objections. I'm like, you know what I'm scared of? I'm scared of being stuck in an office for the rest of my life. That's what I'm scared of. Objections turn into rejections, which is number five. Which, what I have seen so many times when I write with salespeople is we get to the call, we do the call, we go to the office, the dude, the chick gives a presentation, they talk to the buyer. They walk out with their head held low. I didn't close the deal. I got rejection. And I have to point out, it wasn't rejection. It was regret. You didn't do your job. You can't be rejected if you don't do your job. Go back to number two. You got to give. You got to give a good presentation. And rejection. Rejection is the weirdest thing ever. Today, on the way to the office, I pulled up to a stoplight and it turned red. And the stoplight told me no. But I don't go. Hey, I just got rejected. Today, I was at a big box store buying some materials to hang some paintings. And a guy cut me off, cut me off, almost ran me over with his cart with, with uh, concrete and fence posts. And I didn't go, gosh, darn it, you just rejected me. I laughed. I laughed because I thought it was funny because the guy was in such a hurry. Uh, I, I literally had three things in my hand that would have taken me 45 seconds to ring up. But I didn't freak out and go, hey, I got rejected. It's, it's all in how you look at what's going on. Number six, 
be willing to talk about why you have a better product. Sometimes buyers don't want to see the presentation. Uh, you, you sit down with people sometimes and they're like, I'm going to get three bids. And then they realize that's a big task. It's not easy to get three bids because there's a point where you're like, I've talked and listened to two people and they all sound the same. That's why you got to have a good presentation. You got to be able to explain why you're better and you got to be able to ask the tough questions about why they think that they, your product is going to be just like everybody else's. Number seven, tied to number six, be willing to say the tough things. There's times where I sit down with business owners and I got to say the tough thing. I got to say, hey, look, based upon what you're telling me, you've got problems. Uh, we'll wait. If wait and see is your method, it's going to cost you even more. Like whatever my fee is, whatever you were asking me to do, let's double it in six months. Well, why would we do that? Because it's going to take me that much more, more time and effort to get everything taken care of. Don't be silly. So for you, you've got a buyer, you've got a client, you're going to have to tell them the tough things. We're going to wait. Hey, you know what? Here's the thing. Cavities in a tooth never get better. Give them an analogy. Give them a good analogy. Things, things don't age well when, when you got damage or when you got problems. You want to say, hey, it's expensive now. Wait till six months down the line. Wait till you got more problems. Wait till it's going to take me more time, energy, and effort. Then I'm going to get more billable hours. I talked to a client one time and I had had a lot of energy drinks. <laughs> and he says, I'm going to wait. And I said, good, you could just pay me more. And he's like, what do you mean? I said, hey, just wait. The longer you wait, the more you pay me. We ended up doing business. <laughs> he just didn't like it when I said, you're just going to pay me more. And sometimes you say the wrong thing in business. Sometimes you got to say the tough thing. Number eight, be willing to ask for the sale. There is some stat out there that says that the average sales presentation ends without business being asked for. And I've written with enough salespeople to know that's dead on true. Most salespeople, they're like, hey, okay, call me when you're ready. They don't tell the buyer the next step. They don't say, hey, I want your business. You know, the buyer, like the, there's a game, there's a dance in all sales presentations just like there's a dance and everything else. You get to a sales call, you meet with a buyer, you meet with a client and they go, Hey, I'm not buying today. Nervous energy. And like, so salespeople will go, they're not buying today. I'm not going to ask for the business. Well, don't let that be you. Let that be your competition. Your competition doesn't understand that that's part of the dance. They take a step back. You take a step forward. They take a step forward. You take a step back. It's a chess move. They moved upon, you moved upon. They move a queen, you move a rook. You just got to know, I'm not buying today typically means I am buying today. Just be smart about it. It's kind of a joke be between closers. People say, everybody tells me I'm not buying today ends up buying for me today. Just be patient with them. Just know that's part of the game. Number nine, pay for your own education and get beat up by a trainer. You know, I see salespeople constantly wait for their ownership management group to pay for their training. And the thing that's tough about that is you're waiting for somebody else's taxi you're trying to jump into somebody else's ride. It's like if you take a ride share and you're like, eh, you know, I don't have to be there that quick. I'm just going to, I'll do the thing where I split a fare. Well, when you, when you wait for a company to pay for a trainer, you're splitting the fare with the rest of the team. And you're saying, I don't necessarily believe in myself. I don't believe in what's going on. And good training is going to cost you money, but it's an investment. And one of the things that you find is when you've got a good investment, you're going to bypass all those salespeople and then they're, they're going to, then they're going to be your hater which brings us into number 10, dealing with office politics and the haters in the office. Number 10, dealing with office politics. Ooh, there's haters in your office. They're hiding behind a desk. And here's what happens. I've been in enough management meetings where there's somebody who's never done sales. And they're like, um, I got to talk to you. 
I don't know if you know this or not, but have you seen how much the salespeople get paid? I don't know if you know, but they make a lot of money. Like I'm like, yeah, as they should. No, no, no. But you don't understand what that does for all the numbers. Yeah, I do. You know, all those numbers that you're looking at, those were all driven by salespeople. And then so what happens is the haters come out in groups and someone says, look, I make 15 bucks an hour, 20 bucks an hour. And this guy over here makes 100, 200, 300, 400,000 dollars a year, half a million dollars a year. And there becomes an attitude. It becomes an issue. They start calling salespeople things like Mr. Moneybags. And what ends up happening is there becomes a poison inside of the office and it creates problems. Number 11, it's bad enough that you got to deal with uh, the haters in the office. You also have to deal with the competition from the salespeople. And, you know, there is good competition. There are really good people that could be on your team. And then there's full on scumbaggery where people will pull shenanigans so that you will lose and you will lose your stature. I've always liked competing against good salespeople because I felt like it made me better. It really irritated me. I got really irritated with dealing with scumbags, but it made me better too. So it's all on how you look at it. If you get caught up in all the negativity, another reason why it takes balls to sell. Number 12, follow up. Follow up. Most salespeople are lazy. That's not you. You're listening to an episode of the How to Sell Show, right? Everybody else is playing video games, watching television, you know, listening to the radio, figuring out every way that they can to not get better. Complaining about the leads, complaining, complaining about the clients, complaining about the economy, right? But you're you're like, hey, I'm doing everything I can. I'm learning how to sell. And part of that's going to be follow-up. I'm going to give you a huge resource. Episode number 35. Episode number 35, how to follow up and close more deals faster, right? That's the episode of the How to Sell show that I'm going to say, like, that's a, that's a resource that took me years, years to figure out. Like, you get it in about 18 minutes, but it took me a long time to figure that out. You get to leapfrog. You get to bypass everybody else. Everybody else is going to be like, I, my follow-up, This I, I promise you, I've sit through so many times where I sit with a salesperson, and this is standard. This is a standard sales follow-up. Hey, I just wanted to call and check in, see how things are going. Like, what? No, 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 no. Let me help you out. Always an update. Always, hey, I want to give you an update. What's going on? Always an update. Like, hey, I want to give you an update. The special we're running, psh, almost over. Love to get you in. Love to get you taken care of. Now, my version may not be your version. You may say, Scott, that's, I would never say that. Okay, don't say it. But take mine and go, how can I How can I swipe it? How can I take it? How can I modify it? And instead of use the word update, use something else. Number 13, deal with concerned clients quickly. It takes balls to sell. It takes balls to deal with upset people. And one of the things that you're going to find if you adopt the belief of like, you know what? Part of my job is to sell. Part of my job is to deal with difficult people and upset people and things that go sideways. I'm going to be okay. When I used to manage a team, I always found that when somebody's job went sideways, it went really sideways. And so I would meet with them. I would, because I did in-home sales, I would go to their house and I would say, hey, look, I'm not going to hide from this, but I do want to tell you up front that when things like this happen, it typically gets worse. It's just the law of averages. And when we're all done, I'm going to go buy you a lottery ticket and I'm going to hope that you win a million dollars. And some people would get really mad and some people would go, hey, at least you're telling me the truth. I always, always ran towards a problem. Uh, you know, sometimes people would call into the office and they'd be like, hey, I got to talk to somebody. I'm like, give the phone. They're like, you want to take the call right now? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And the buyers, they would be, they would say, I'm surprised you answered me. I say, why? And they're like, because I'm mad. Well, tell me why you're mad. And they'd give me the reason. I'm like, hey, you should be mad. That sucks. I agree with you. Let's fix it. What do you want? And then they'd tell me, and if it was in my purview and I could make it happen, I'd say, let's do it. 
And if I couldn't do it, I'd say, we got to figure out a different game plan. I don't know if I can make that happen. Let's see what we can do. Do you want me to come out and see you? Like if you can get out to somebody and see them face to face and not hide from them, they know that you're working for them. Uh, if, if in lieu of not being able to see them physically, I'd be like, let's jump on the video session. Let's jump on Zoom. Let's jump on Skype. Let's get a Facebook Live going. Let's do something. Like, I'm not going to hide from you. What do you need? What do you want? What can I do to help you? And I'm not saying in an aggressive manner. I mean, I said I rattled that off really fast. But the sooner that you could deal with an upset client, the less it's going to cost you. Hands down. The longer you wait, the more aggravated they get, the more they talk to themselves. They talk to their neighbors, their friends, their family, the coworker, the, the person, the jerk person in the, in the cubicle next to them is going to get them all pumped up. Oh, you should get all of your money back. No way I'd put up with that. And the next time you talk to them, they, they want to rip your head off. No, run towards problems. It takes balls to sell. Most people don't understand that concept. Number 14, do social media. That means you're going to have to have a Facebook page, you know, a Twitter page, a LinkedIn page. Uh, you may have to build content, your own podcast, your own explainer videos, your own video content. And most people don't want to do this because they'd rather watch the game. They'd rather watch the rerun on TV. That's going to be a rerun for the rest of your life. They'd rather find a reason to play video games. No, I don't have time to do social media. Like I have an army of information behind me today. Today I was on a video conference with uh, a person that found me through a book review. There's been times where people have hit up, hit me up and said, Hey, Scott, I got to let you know, I saw your video. I want you to come out and train my people like fantastic. Sometimes it gets things. Sometimes it doesn't. I wasn't expecting anything today. The person I talked to was nice. They were fantastic. I liked them. Possibility of doing something in the future. Maybe, I don't know. Could be a referral. Could go that direction. You never know. But if you don't build content, nobody's going to find you. So I, I use it as a badge of honor. There's very few people, very few people who have as much sales content online as I do as video. When I tell people, I'm like, hey, I got 2,500 sales training videos. Like, no, no, you don't. Yes, I do. Like, look, here's my channel. It allows me to be found. And you could do something similar. You could write reports. You could write white papers. You could create videos. You can have information. You can get all sorts of stuff done. Just start creating. First one's the worst one. It's going to suck. Second one's the second worst one's going to suck a little bit less. Third one's the worst, worst one. Third worst one's going to suck a little bit less. And it just goes on from there. My first YouTube video, horrible. Oh my goodness. I saw it the other day and I was like, what was I thinking? That's dumb. That's stupid. Now I look back, I'm like, someone says, you want to shoot a video? I'm like, let's, let, let's do it. Let's go. Let's create some content. Now spring of 2020, there's some pandemic issues going around. Uh, everybody else is at home watching Netflix. You know what I'm doing? I'm creating content. I got YouTube videos going out. I got Facebook lives about to be done. I, like, I'm just giving you my example. You can modify accordingly and say, hey, look, I want to do the same thing. And the coolest thing is once you shoot video, you can rip it to audio. Once you have the audio, you can rip it then to, to text. All you have to do is just shoot some video and get past feeling silly. Spring of 2020 pandemic has caused everybody to do Facebook lives has caused everybody to jump on uh, Zoom sessions and, and all sorts of go to webinars and go to meetings. And now there's a lot of people who aren't afraid of looking dumb or looking silly. They're like, I'm just going to go out. I'm going to do it. I may look dumb. I may look silly, but what do I care? I haven't been to work in two weeks. I haven't shaved in a month. I'm wearing a t-shirt to the office, which is my front living room. Hey, look behind me. There's all my books. Look behind me. There's all my DVDs and my Blu-rays. Hey, my little kid ran through the room. <laughs> you know, my dog knocked over the laptop. People don't care anymore, but you got to have some content out there. Number 15, ask for referrals. You deliver your job, you deliver your service. One of the easiest ways for you to leapfrog and grow your company, ask for some referrals. There's plenty of good content out there for referrals. 
You just got to do it. You just got to meet up with people and say, I'd like to get a referral. I don't do that. Ah, gosh, darn it. Got shut down. Never going to ask again. I rode with a sales guy last year and I said, Hey, when's the last time you asked for a referral? And this is what he said. Yeah. I asked for a referral like five years ago and I got shot down. Like you haven't asked for a referral in five years. It's been like 1700 days. What's the problem? Well, I don't want to get shot down again. Like that's your competition. Your friend, your coworker, the person that you work with is scared to say, Hey, who do you know that I could help? And chances are good. If you've done a really good job, that person's going to tell you everything. I was on the North shore of Oahu for Christmas. And this guy was walking next to me. He's like, Hey, I want to know where I get some really good shave ice. I'm like, Oh, well, I'm going to tell you a secret. Really good shave ice, Matsumoto's, Holly Eva, Hawaii, right? It's right there on the main drag. There's a shopping center. There's a couple places that you could buy some food. There's a burger joint. I said, but right across the street, there's Aoki's. Aoki's has got amazing shave ice. They use the same syrup. They use the same ice just a different building. You could wait in line for 45 minutes or you could wait in line for two. And dude was like, thanks, man. And I saw him because like, you know, pretty visible, big guy. Guy came up to me afterwards. He's like, man, thanks for telling me about Aoki's. It was good shave ice. And I was like, yeah. And I said, and you didn't have to wait in line for 45 minutes. That's a strong referral. What you want is somebody saying, hey, you need insurance? Call this guy. Hey, you need in-home service? Call that girl. Hey, you need uh, web, web, web work done? You need some social media done? Call this person. Call this company. That is, you have no idea how much that's worth, but you got to ask for them. Number 16, deal with management ideas. Every once in a while, typically every month, management likes to come up with stupid ideas. They've never worked out in the field. They've never done your job, but they think they could do it better, right? They're like, hey, I was a 20% closer. I learned how to sell, but I can't close deals, but I'm going to change everything about the way that you operate because I can't sell. I'm a people pleaser. And yes, I don't have a good opinion of uh, quite a few sales managers for this reason. I'm going to go off on a tangent for you. Most sales managers are people pleasers, and this is going to hurt some feelings. And so they couldn't close deals. So what happened is the, the ownership group, the owner, the executives, they're like, hey, that's a really nice guy. That's a really nice girl. We should have him come work for us as a manager. And there's no respect. Everybody looks around, talks behind the girl's back, talks behind the guy's back and says, yeah, no, not the dude, not the chick, not the right person. And then they come up with these harebrained schemes. It takes balls to sell because sometimes you got to deal with it. You got to take the lumps. And then after a couple of weeks, you got to say like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Or <laughs> you could start from the very beginning and say, this is the dumbest thing ever. Number 17, be yourself. There's going to be a lot of people telling, do it this way, do it that way, do it this way. You have to do it that way. And to an extent, if you got a coach, you got a mentor, you got a trainer and you're paying them and they're doing what they can to make it help you get better, could be a friend, right? There's going to be great ideas and there's going to be things that fall flat on their face. It takes balls to sell because you got to go out and you got to implement them. You got to go out there and you got to put them to the test. And sometimes they don't work out. And so here's what a lot of salespeople do is they get training, they get coaching, and then they're like, all right, well, now I need to deviate even more and be somebody that I wasn't. And uh, it causes a lot of problems. Like I'll, I'll be me, you be you. That's one of the things that I talk to salespeople about when I go train them. I'll be me, you be you. How would you say it? How would you do it? And if it's close enough, I'm like, you go do it your way. If it's way off the mark, I'm gonna say, you're gonna have this problem, right? Everybody's gonna be a little bit different. I, I like meatloaf, right? One of my favorite foods. Growing up as a kid, had meatloaf all the time. I like to put barbecue sauce and mustard on top of my meatloaf when it's in the oven. You may not like to do that. You may go, I've never thought of that. That sounds fantastic. And you try it and you're like, I love it. The other thing I do is I like to put ginger. 
I put ginger in my meatloaf. Not a crazy amount, just enough to be like, yeah, that's good. And then they got this thing called six pepper spice. I put some six pepper spice in there. See, the thing is, it's just like any other recipe. I could spice it up. I could tone it down. I could beef it up. I could put some different flavor in there. The thing is, it's my taste. It's my preference. If you got a good coach, and you got a good minotaur and they're like, hey, you're screwing up on this way. Take it out. If they're like, hey, say it like this. Sometimes you got to. But for the most part, you do have to be yourself. Number 18, stand up for yourself. There is going to be problems. There's going to be insurrections. There's going to be issues in your office. You're going to have to deal with scumbags, liars, cheats, and frauds. There's going to be times where people don't want to pay you for what you did. They're like, ah, we're just going to take some of your commission money, sucker. And like, if you don't stand up for yourself, they'll take all the money out of your check that they can. You know, there, there are some bad, bad, bad players out there, bad managers, bad executives, bad owners that they play games with your money. And if is that really a place you want to work? May, may not be. That leads to number 19. Sometimes you leave and find for a leave and find a better job. If you're a closer, you're the prize. If you're okay at sales, you're still a prize too. There are so many weak salespeople out there, you would be amazed. 20% of salespeople, pretty good. 40% of salespeople, eh, that's that's probably pushing it. 60% of salespeople, hands down, should not be in sales. That's not you. You're, you're looking for a way to get better at sales. You could literally sit in a room of salespeople if you've been in sales long enough and go, can't sell, can't sell, banging the boss, banging the manager, uh, family member, nepotism. I have no idea why this person's here in the building. They can't do anything. They're an idiot. And you're like, closer, closer. That's the way it works. There might be like, okay, sales guy. Okay, sales girl. Okay, sales dude. Okay, sales chick. But you look around the room at most sales teams, horrible. Unless you got somebody who's been a really good manager and understands how to manage people. And then number 20, ask for more of the next job. If you're a closer, you're the prize. Why not ask for more? My, my, my go-to move, people say, I don't want to give you any more of a cut. I'd be like, good, give me more vacation time. And then they would say, uh, more vacation time? Sure. And then they would get mad because of how much time that I took off. Like, but I always hit my numbers, always hit my goals, always hit everything that I needed to do. And they'd say, you're, you're, you're gone too much. If you were here, you'd be selling more. I'm like, no, I sell that much because I go on vacation. My ask is going to be different than your ask. Your ask may be that you want a better cut, a better percentage. Your ask could be that you get a company vehicle. Your ask the, uh, of the company could be something completely different than I'm going to say. So I'm going to say, look, model it, put your word in there. I say vacation, you could say money. I say vacation, you could say better matching on a retirement plan. Right. But like, if you're the closer, you're the prize jump for it. It does take balls to sell. Not everybody can be a salesperson. There's plenty of people who want to be a salesperson. There's plenty of people who can't be a salesperson. And it takes, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of hurt and a lot of pain on your part. You stick in the game long enough. You can close some deals. You give up too quickly. You'll always have the, I wish I would have stuck in sales story. Yeah. I tried sales once. Wasn't very good at it. Like how hard did you try? I didn't try very hard. It wasn't for me. Hey, there's plenty of people out there that say, hey, I don't want to sell. I don't want to be a doctor. I'm scared of blood and I'm scared of needles. You know, there's there's plenty of room out there for you to go out there and close some deals and make some things happen. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo.